<laughs> dread. Fucking dread. Man, what an awesome movie. So God damn. It it is sort of well, I was gonna say it's in a class by itself, but I don't know that I would go that far with it, but it's still just such an no, awesome but... ride as an action shooter. Dread Dread <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. Oh. Hot shot. <laughs> Turns the guy into a Roman candle. That's right in the first scene. <laughs> should, should we introduce the show or should we just go? Uh, I think we did. Dread! Dread! We're talking about Judge Dredd with Carl Urban. Uh, well, this is Not HPV. the one with Sylvester Stallone. Well, this is HPV. Oh, uh, yes. Hello. Yeah. Well, well, welcome to the... To the Dread, Dread. episode! <laughs> Dread! <laughs> yes my, my name is chris faff and I, I i'm here <laughs> yes i'm brad havens and i'm also here and we just uh indulged gleefully in uh the action shoot 'em up that is dread yes not uh-huh. not to be confused with the 1995 judge dread which is cute <laughs> it's and it has sure. armando sante it does have armando sante i mean and rob schneider i mean the cast you with a cast like that, how could you go wrong? They did massively. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes that movie except for I think maybe you and me. Well, Sylvester Stallone likes that movie, I think, yeah. doesn't he? I mean, say what you want, they do have a giant parade for fascism at the end. <laughs> so, yay, Judge Dredd. He, he but, understood the core of the story. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking no. about the. Fuck, I didn't even look at the year. 20-something. Yeah. Um, Carl Urban, uh, written by... Uh, the, that guy who did Ex Machina? Yeah. Uh, Garland. Garland. Alex Garland. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Yes. I, I got there. And you're much more on top of that than I am, thanks. We probably should have looked up the IMDb, but... Yeah, no, uh, we didn't. Yeah. No. I'm not doing it now. <laughs> no, hell no. It'd be, we, it'd be we've embarrassing. Already, we've already pot committed, <laughs> so... Uh, I say we just keep on. A you get what and... you get, folks. Yeah. So let's go free. through the movie. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's this go. This isn't a lucrative deal for us. All anyway, right. Yeah. Well, so uh, I guess first question then: uh, What about this movie, Chris, makes it so fucking awesome uh, to you? To me, okay. The reason that I find this movie to be fucking fantastic <laughs> is because. They give us enough of the world that we need mm. to know. They don't over-explain it. Mm. They don't go in and out. It's it's a very strict A to B narrative, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And, but very what they did, tight story. Yeah. But what they did was they focused on making it fucking rad. Yeah. And yeah, there are huge inconsistencies that I couldn't give a flying fuck about while watching this movie uh-huh. because they made it the movie that they knew we wanted to see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, the visuals alone uh, uh, and just how tight the script is, the economy of the story, as you get into the special effects like with the slow-mo and the things like that, uh-huh. uh, you can really see the filmmaker kind of indulging the compositions of the shots and really, you know, making something that was that was visually engaging but also let you knew, know what this stuff did. And then on the other hand, he had practical explosions of vans doing multiple flips into walls. And, yeah. I mean, just just... It was great practical effects when it needed to be and great CGI when it needed to be. 
And as far as the story, it's a very insular story, but they built out that particular world, but not the world around it, which I really appreciate because yeah. they didn't make it too mythologized, nothing. They gave us exactly what was happening in this building. Yeah. Essentially. Well, we um, get a little bit at the beginning and end, the book and the film, to give us an overall view of the world, but they don't go into exactly what happened. Why there is this forbidden earth that they can't travel out exactly. on. Exactly. Which, again, Judge Dredd, I think, made the huge mistake of doing because they had to go from the mega city to the penal colony and then they get shot down. And oh, you're talking about the Stallone abomination again. Well, yes. no, well, uh, no Hollywood I'm, adaptation, I'm sorry. Well, yes. What I'm saying is that that's where they fucked up in that movie. Mm. In this movie, they kept it very insular. Mm -hmm. They let us know exactly what world we were living in mm -hmm. within this isolated incident. Well, you know, uh, to continue with the comparison of the Stallone movie... Uh, I think that is that phrase alone, the Stallone movie, mm -hmm. is what needs to always be sort of bracketed in there for why the story is the way that it is and why it looks the way that it does. Mm -hmm. Because it was very much his project as an A-list action hero at that time. And so you see a, a serviceable action formula for that era. But it's know? lacking any like cohesiveness as a story because that goes fucking off the rails <laughs> hey with people like big and explosions and then weird uh big threatening robot fights <laughs> yeah. at the end you know <laughs> i mean sure. it just got all ridiculous. the kids are clamoring for armand asante <laughs> well the toy line failed that is true but well, uh, i mean <laughs> but so okay circle back to carl urban now we actually before the movie started we're talking about how, um, just by comparison with uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, yes. how um, that movie introduces us to the world by a bunch of gritty shots of a dark city, but it also has this uh, radio with this news update that's talking about the trash mm -hmm. and all of that. In Dread with Carl Urban, as you noted, it's bookended by Carl Urban's sort of narrative of this larger world. Yes. And then this finite world where this action takes place within the... So we've got our world building established, taken care of within the first three minutes. And I, I just fucking love the way he suits up. He, because the lawgiver gets, you know, coded to his hand. Uh -huh. And we see all of that. We're mm -hmm. given this gigantic world, but all we're presented is a microcosm within it. Exactly. But the establishment of the, the world building takes place in a simple uh, narration yes. at the beginning that's done by your main actor. So you're already sort of getting into his head of how he views this world yes. <clears throat> through this very uh, practical... Cut and dried. Black and white, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and uh, very uh, fascist in a way, shall we say? Oh, a very <laughs> fascistic society. But like you and I were noting too, I love that the inciting incident is an accident. Yeah. They get a call and they say we can respond to about 6% of calls. Which one do you want to go to, rookie? Yeah, and that percentage is just devastating. Yes. We can only respond to 6% of the emergency calls flip a coin pick one mm -hmm. any 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 old thing because it you know 
we'll get there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they stumble into uh, peach trees. Yes. You know, which I assert she chose for the relatively innocuous name. You know, but we're also given a pretty cut and dry explanation as to why the rookie's with him as well, which I think is yeah, pretty yeah. The, and again, yeah. the setup of the scene though is so she's isolated on the one-way mirror, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, she's asked to do an assessment of the people in the room. So blindly, Using... she's the audience. Yes. But she's able to also inform the audience not only that she has this psychic ability, but now she's utilizing it to inform the audience more about dread. Yes. You know, okay, he's angry, (laughs) but he keeps it under control. And when she starts getting in, like, deeply into his personality, again, instead of mythologizing all this and letting her go on and explain who dread is, the commanding officer cuts her off. Yeah, okay, that's that's enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I think again that that's really brilliant because we get enough insight that we need to into dread the character himself yeah. mm-hmm. as being just this stone-faced monolith of justice. Yeah, and we're given just enough to know that yeah he's a hothead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a we'll hot shot. He's a hot shot. shot. Yeah, fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> but uh, no, but they, we know that his ideology is so strong because just in the dialogue with the commanding officer. This rookie has failed every test. Uh-huh. And he's like, so what she's doing in a uniform. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's he's almost mad that they're putting her <laughs> Exactly. Him. Exactly. Like what what the But again, over the the full arc of the movie, we see this bond and we see the development in both of them. Yes. And how even though he he's still this um you know, stoic hard case and all of that. The audience has had just a glimpse that, yeah, this guy does actually have a soft spot in him. Yes. You know? And our in, as far as the audience, is uh, Anderson, the rookie. Yeah. Because she has to have everything explained to her, just like we do to carry us throughout the story. She's the audience proxy. Exactly. Well, and she's being um, assessed. It's her first time out. So, Dread asks her, okay, here's your situation. What's your solution? So now we're getting exposition for the story. We're getting details, but it's it's very organic to their circumstances because okay, he's in a training session, so it's not just going to be, you know, command follow. <laughs> he's actually going, you know what, this is a teachable moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we tear gas them or <laughs> <laughs> just throw grenades? What what would you like to do, rookie? <laughs> and I think the portrayal of the villain in this is fucking fantastic. Oh, <laughs> Lena Headey. Yes. God, I love her she so much. She's amazing. Because yes. Because uh-huh. we're given, again, just enough story, mm-hmm. great writing that we're not given an over-explanation as to who she is. Right. We know that she used to be a prostitute in the S9 pleasure sector. <laughs> and she murdered a bunch of people, has taken over this entire building, and she runs it. Yeah. Yeah. And she is ruthless. And uh, what was it? Her um, uh, The thing she's known for is violence. Her yes. trademark is violence. Yes, her She's trademark. got that badass scar across her chin, uh, cheek. Yes. Wow. And those eyes are just like... Dead. Absolutely. Like, like just 
nothing matters at all, ever, whatever. Go ahead, skin him. And they didn't portray her as like the, the, the crowning achievement of these drug dealers. She doesn't have this mansion. She's not dressed particularly well. Yeah. She looks like a fucking schlub. Yeah. She's not draped in gold. Yeah. That actually is an excellent point because you would think, especially given the sex worker background and all of that, that they would do something with her character where she's like really showing out now i've made yeah, it she's you know? this queen of yeah. this drug empire yeah draped in gold and all of that and she's she's not she's not the first time we see her she's trashed out of her mind in the bathtub just playing with the slow-mo visuals you yeah. know she's getting high yeah that's the uh-huh. first thing we see. She's getting yeah. high. Yeah. And then when her subordinates come with the, the three people who like were trying to do whatever they're doing that's yeah. gotten them killed, the first thing she she says is, Can't you handle it? Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah. And what do you want to do with them? And yeah. again, her delivery of everything is so apathetic when she just says, I don't know, skin them, throw them off the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. Should we hit him with some slow-mo first? She just goes, sure. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> she gets the joke and is like, "Let yeah, go ahead. Have your fun. Yeah. You know? Man. <laughs> ruthless. It's ruthless. so good. I love her so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Woman after my own heart. So, um, anyway, then, um, where were we? So the root, they arrive at Peach I just Trees. can't get over that your kind of woman is a ruthless murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a certain sort of, um, intrigue in that kind of danger. But what also is kind of fucking cool is that she's actually, like, still gorgeous, even with this gigantic scar and her ruthless fucking demeanor. Yeah. And everything. She's still, like... This gorgeous woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, I think that it's one of the things that's um, really kind of compelling about watching her is because uh, her charisma is uh-huh. so strong that even though, I mean, they even make up her teeth yeah. so that they're looking all scraggly and nasty, uh-huh. right? And even so, there is something about her poise. Her demeanor, just her disinterest in general. Yeah, that is magnetic. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, fuck. I'd be one of those guys in her gang that I'd be like, okay, whatever you want, Mama. I don't care. Yeah. We, <laughs> I think we forgot to mention her name is Mama. Mama. Yeah. Madeline Madrigal. Ah, <laughs> yeah. God bless her. And so it's the Mama gang. And again, that is one of the things that throughout this movie that I really like is they're not a afraid to just be kind of stupid and silly as well yeah uh-huh because we've brought up a lot of like you know i don't want to say serious and deep points about you know character structure and writing yeah. structure but like they're not afraid to just be kind of goofy and weird and it really well, especially when judge dread this hard ass starts cracking jokes yes <laughs> you know and you're like wait a minute did he just yeah, he did. He just pulled a fucking one-liner. <laughs> I can't believe he just did that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just from that opening scene and the way it's set up, even though he takes out that guy in kind of a, what might say, whimsical way <laughs> with the hot shot, you know. He's still so so 
hardcore in his performance that you don't expect him to to be sitting there uh, making jokes. You know, you're the psychic. So, what is the functionality of the hotshot bullet? Well, let's because see we haven't explained it, but uh, he shoots a man in the head and it starts his entire head on fire. Well, okay. that's just a round that he has available to him. I would speculate, given uh, that he fired directly into the guy's <laughs> mouth and the the guy's entire face lit up like a Roman candle. Yes, uh, that uh, it was probably a flare. And so the speculation is, say he was in um, a high-density area, smoke or something like that, and he has to physically throw up his position for whatever aerial is coming in for him. So All he'd right, have this fair. as a flare to go up. Just because he that gun also shoots, uh, man, uh, what is it, magnesium phosphorus? What is that? It essentially shoots fireworks. It yeah. rains fire from yeah. the sky. It rains fire that's white phosphorus, that's what it's called, that just instantly sets people on fire the minute it touches their skin. They're jumping off of balconies because otherwise they're dying a, dying a horrific death, burning to death. And Judge is just sitting from the balcony watching him, and flames are reflected in his shield. It's so good. He's such a badass, dude. <laughs> so, man, I can't say enough about the cinematography. Yeah. Just, yeah. The way this movie is shot, when you would hear that, oh, they're making a Judge Dredd sequel or reboot or whatever you want to consider this, would you think for a goddamn second they would have put the effort that they did into this film? Uh, because I would have said, man, I don't want to go watch a fucking dread reboot. The first one was a piece of shit. Well, you but know, then see, you that's... go in and you watch the fucking care that they put into this movie because there's no way this was like a hundred and fifty million dollar movie. Oh no, hell no! This I was, was a mid budget at best. I at at best because I was just going to say, um. If you think about it from a production standpoint, the script really sets up the world very well. But the what is the world? Them literally running through different corridors in a in a contained shutdown building. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe a couple of street shots on a highway where you're doing some stunts and things like that. Your major star is Carl Urban, who is an international talent and deserves to be an international star. Yes. However, he's also, especially at that time, very affordable. Uh-huh. So, and we never see his face. God bless him for never taking off the helmet. Yeah. You know, you did it right. What a hero. Uh, across the board, his performance is, is just... I mean, from to me, now, I never read all of the comics. I read maybe two or three different comics as I ran across them randomly. But to me, this this movie was like the comic book creators were like, okay, we're not letting Hollywood fuck up our movie again. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to find people who truly understand what this book is about, right? We'll get the budget and we'll, we'll do it right, you know? And so they, they focused on what brought the fans to the character character to the fans however you would yeah. say that you know and and that's why this movie is just so awesome 
you know, because even, you know, the drug effects, the way that they shoot the drug effects, uh, the whole slow-mo vision, the expression on their faces, mm -hmm. the way it, it uh, specifically on the raid, the way it intercuts between the normal speed and the slow-mo speed and the reaction times and all of that is just so uh, masterfully done, in yeah. my opinion, that um, it's you're just taken on this ride and you're like, holy shit. And the carnage is is just yes wonderful. Because <laughs> people compare this movie to The Raid, but I think the difference between this movie and The Raid is this movie slows down. There is a drug called slow-mo. Yeah. yeah. But it still keeps you engaged even when it slows down for a moment. Yeah. Because every time that it, the action slows, that is, yeah, either slow-mo or a very cool visual effect or it's just the characters recollecting themselves to go, fuck, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, Anderson is a great example of uh, providing uh, the audience viewpoint as everything just starts to progressively, the stakes get higher and higher, mm -hmm. you know? So that bit where she's, excuse me, where she um, gets captured. Yes. And they're in the elevator going up. Uh-huh. Is just, I mean, it's literally one of those turning point mo moments for her character where she could crumble up and fold like a little rabbit, mm -hmm. but no, she's she's evolving into this this stronger persona and you see this happening as it goes. It's I I mean there's just really but nice in, character work. You and know? you see her struggle with the difference between her duty and just flat out survival. Yeah. Because that first time that she has to execute a yeah. perp, she is fucking distraught over yeah. it. Yeah. And that is when you start to see her character breaking from, I'm really trying to ace this exam to, fuck. Yeah. Do, I don't want this life. I really don't. Yeah. But yeah. also, I need to survive, and also, I'm still kind of considering this job, because she's still following <laughs> Dread, yeah. who is just an absolute maniac, because well, every time they find some sort of respite, it's his idea to, nope, I'm going to go head back out, and uh, yeah. I'm going to go solve this case. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, again, there's the point where uh, he goes, okay, rookie, assessment, here's the situation. What's your solution? Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, and then he says, okay, so your options are defend or hide. And she's like, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, let's go get her. <laughs> what about attack? Yeah. <laughs> he's uh -huh. like, what? <laughs> yeah. And his, again, it's such, um, it seems so simplistic, but it's backed by what we've seen is, is, uh, an ideology and a commitment to actually upholding the law. Yes. And he just simply says, uh, well, she's guilty and we're judges. That's it. You know, that's, that's, that's the end of the discussion. Yep. You know, and there are so many points when you can tell that this job has just ruined dread, but oh. he's still bound by this strange sense of duty. Uh huh. The, it, it's, he it's is very the strange. I am the law. Oh yeah. 
You know? They do the line, and yeah. I couldn't have been happier about oh, it. gleeful. Just, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... So just to illustrate the stakes, I guess, of what happens in this film, because we've been jumping around. All they, over. They show up to in, uh, investigate these three bodies that have fallen from the heavens. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yes. Uh, all of a sudden, the building gets locked down, and they're stuck inside. Mama comes on and says, there are two judges in this block. I want them dead. Okay. Everybody on every level kill these judges and anybody who doesn't want to be shot get the fuck out of our way exactly now okay one significant plot point is the judges arrive they look at the three bodies uh a kind of helpful doctor says um you okay yeah (laughs) i know how to drink water (laughs) good man i'm glad to see you're getting over your drinking problem uh, oh God! I'm gonna <laughs> drown on air. So they get told that there's the I drug den. I always knew I'd die talking to you about dread. <laughs> it's just like the old gypsy said. <laughs> yeah. The prophecy has been foretold. Damn it! So yeah, so that's the major bit though, is that they happen to pick up a guy, and uh, psychic Judge Anderson recognizes or gets the read. That this guy was involved in the actual murder. Yeah, Avon Barksdale from The Wire. God bless him. And uh, he, uh, so they're arresting him and going to take him out of Peach Trees, which is what prompts Mama to do the whole lockdown and yes. and turn the whole building against the judges. The judges now have to face the entire army of uh, what an entire like. What they say, two hundred like, floors or something yeah. like that, of, <laughs> yeah. of criminals with at automatic the end, weapons. He says they're like a kilometer above ground. Yeah, which once again, little details that slip in to inform not only the the action or the circumstance taking place, but also build that world that much more. Yes, I mean, imagine you're a family growing up in one of these buildings. This mm-hmm. residential complex. And from birth to death, you never leave that building. Because you don't have to. Because you can't. Yeah. There is nowhere to go. This is a city of, what they say, like 60 million people or something. Yeah. And amongst all of them, they're partitioned and sequestered into these towers. Mm-hmm. These towers that have, well, movie theaters we see in there. Yep. Uh, food courts, all of that stuff. So... You know, apparently it's designed to contain everything that, everything you would need is available right here. Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. It's kind of like that movie High Rise. You ever see that? No. It's uh-uh. a Ben Wheatley movie. I, I could go on for a while about Ben, ben <laughs> okay. Wheatley, but let's not do that here. <laughs> I will do it here. All of his movies yeah, are ahead. very, very entertaining until the last, like, 15 minutes, and then you go, oh, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. Every single one of them that I've seen, I am completely engaged in until the very end, and I go, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure how to feel about that. Oh, that sucks, man. No, but, um... Like it's we almost said, like but what they do, what they do, yeah, oh, you want to talk about Shyamalan for a minute? Oh, Did no, you it's see just, old? it's just a coincidence that, uh, man, I will never stop talking about old. No, I never saw what it. What a film. What'd you think? Yeah. I, 
I, uh, there were me and four other people in the theater, and <laughs> I felt bad because I felt like I was disturbing their theater experience because I was howling laughing in the front <laughs> row. That's how good old was. <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> it was Excellent. a real piece of shit, but man, I hold it real close to my heart. Excellent. Woof. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think what we kind of clocked while uh, we were watching this in the beginning too is they do a really good job from beginning to end to show us that this is still where people live. Oh, yes. At no point do they let us forget that yeah. this is a residential area. Yeah, you made the great observation that uh, the civilian civilian body count was oh. higher than anything yes. in good guy versus bad guy body count. Yes, and yeah. that's, that's kind of just, I would think, a commentary on war itself because yeah. that's how war is conducted now. Yeah. yeah, see, that's one of the aspects, I think, of the comic book that... Um, that um, they've had time to develop is sort of this um, uh, satiric look at uh, fascism and the machinations of fascism with this um, um, law enforcement that literally is enabled judge, jury, and executioner. Yes. One individual can make that entire decision in the moment and uh, kill someone without question. And yeah, it's it it is that you know that oh that pesky due process. All these criminals are getting away with everything. If we could just kill them, it's that kind of fascist wet dream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's fascism. Just... That was a bad way to say that. Well, uh, I think. But what I think is really cool about it is that they show this fascistic society. And right from the beginning, like we've already said, that yeah, we can respond to about six percent of these. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah. Is the point. Yeah. They build None of the this world is and... working. What what does this movie accomplish? Yeah. They destroy thousands of lives. Okay, you know what? And nothing gonna, is accomplished. I'm gonna uh invoke the horrific Zack Snyder uh movies, superhero movies, which I know you haven't seen because you don't like superhero movies. And let me tell you, uh, I saw Batman versus Superman and I was so goddamn confused and angry. Yeah. The, all right. If we're going to take a tangent on to Zack Snyder. Well, this is why I first, bring him up. For the first, first 30 minutes of that movie, I thought, man, what are you doing? This is gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so... Um, You've tried to make self-important gibberish Zack Snyder, you cunt. Self-important gibberish, yeah. Now, the reason that I bring him up, though, is because of the uh, super melodramatic darkness of each one of those movies, yes. you know? And his world building starts from, the world is shit. It's a terrible place. It's so depressing. I'm so depressed. Yeah. There's hope somewhere. That's what we fight for, is hope. Where, what's your good message is fighting for hope and what, I mean. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand you. Uh, Judge Dredd, you get the book ended. Yep, this is a day in the life of this, this terrible world, you know. But you see that even in this, this environment, you've got families. You've got um, uh, 
recognizable um, life that's happening in in this area. Yes. And you also have this one guy who is idealistic enough that he still believes in the, in his badge, even though he's empowered in a way that could be easily corrupted. And you know? even though he is just a destroyed individual yeah. as a person, there is yeah. no way that Dread is a cool dude to hang out with. Well, there's no way that um, he's got a girl at home and, you know, kids and things like that. And I don't know, comic book fans, maybe I'm wrong about that, but just the way you, he's depicted here, it's yeah. like maybe he's got, you know people that he talks to but in terms of like someone who he lives with or anything like that no i think friends yeah i think he literally is the he has as an individual decided that he will be the physical embodiment of the law he is he is his job yeah he is 100 percent his job that's that's what he is do you mind yeah beautiful and uh, glad the, we did that on air. <laughs> yeah, well, you can edit it out. <laughs> no, I won't. Good. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, so, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No problem. But uh, I was done. I mean, it's one of the things about his performance that, once again, I give him credit for. He leaves the helmet on from start to finish. You see him suit up, you see how he tactically manages situations and even patches himself up. I love that scene where yes. he's just been shot. He's probably still got clay inside him, <laughs> you know, from the wall. And uh, and he patches himself up and just frowns a little deeper. Then he stands <laughs> up <laughs> and they reload. <laughs> so I, I have one more thing to say about the fascistic society in which they live. Sure. Uh, I, I find the scene where they break into the woman's apartment very, very interesting. Mm. Because uh, Dredd and Anderson have their suspect, Avon Barksdale, and they are essentially being headed off in a hallway and mm-hmm. uh, Anderson uses her psychic abilities to know who's inside this apartment. She says, Kathy, let us in, let us in. Woman opens the door very confused. She barges in and immediately puts a gun to her neck. Yeah. And says, with her going... hand over her mouth. Yes, we are going to hide here. You are going to let us. Yeah. And what the character does in the apartment is pretty much... Even though Anderson can read her thoughts, she tells them, I will tell you how to get out of here. I will, so long as you leave me alone. Yeah. I will assist whatever you need. Just go away. Mm-hmm. And that is such a perfect commentary on just the society in which they live that I don't care about any of this. I'm just trying to survive. I'm not a political whatever. Yeah, my husband or boyfriend or whoever is out looking to try and kill you. Yeah. I just want you away from me because I don't want you to hurt my family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the implied (laughs) threat whenever you see a judge is that they will find some reason to arrest you. That's the implied threat. Or kill you. Well, (laughs) they are allowed to kill you. Exactly. The very first scene, he blasts that guy's face with the hot shot, right? Uh Uh-huh. And we focused on that a lot, but one of the reasons I think that is such an interesting opening scene 
is after he kills that guy, he stands there, he delivers his, uh, you know, uh, assessment over the mic to control. Yes. And the woman is just sitting there, and she says, thank you, judge. Right? Yeah. And she says it in such a terrified way that you know she's like, please just let me go. Yeah, you just set a man's head on fire who was holding a gun to my head. Uh-huh. You risked shooting me to shoot this man and then his head melted. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks. Well, <laughs> no, and I, I, I get what you're saying. Don't I didn't arrest mean to make a... me for anything. Yeah, I, I didn't do shit. Can I please go, thank you for murdering this man in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> please let me go. <laughs> Right? That is the type of society that this is. So establishing that. And you hear over the PA that like, oh, the food court's shut down. It'll be open again in 30 minutes when we're done mopping up all this blood. Yes. Life will go on. Yeah, man. Just the the clinical sort of, what is it, uh, response yeah. to it, you know? Very corporatized in a way. Yes. You know what? We understand you may have seen some violence. Trust us, we're working on the problem, and in 30 minutes it'll be right as rain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody in this world is just suffering from massive PTSD, from seeing massive amounts of violence every single goddamn day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine, they established that um, the Mama clan basically started on one level of the building and worked its way all the way down, taking out every other clan. Over a period of a couple of months. Imagine. Mama's application for an apartment was approved. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep. She got her cosigner. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and off they went, taking over the rest of the building. But, um, yeah, so, so they established that there's, there must have been months of just brutal mm-hmm. violence. And capped off by these three bodies, which, once again... Rookie Anderson just randomly selected to go out on this this particular case. Yeah. So there There was, were other options available. Yeah. There was no reason to go to Peach Trees. It just happened to be this was this was significant enough of an event to just meh, all right, we'll check it out. Yeah. And the guy at Peach Trees even says, like, oh, we don't get a whole lot of judges around here. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> Carl Urban, totally badass. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. you got one now. <laughs> oh. Man, Carl Urban's frown. Oh, it's perfect. It's what a perfect. hero, man! When he gets shot, right, and he's just gritting his teeth. Oh, that grimace! It's like, yeah, you know, the frown just expanded yes. and then contracted. That's that's what we get from Carl Urban. And, and juxtaposed <laughs> with that, with the other judge, who we get the mm. exact opposite, we get a big smile on his face. Yeah, well, and it's just those little attention to detail in the filmmaking that, like, man, or like you were pointing out in the beginning after Mama makes the announcement, and all the halls just clear. Yeah, and there's the basketball in the hallway. Yeah, yes, little touches like that with the filmmaking, the attention to those. Those minor details which become so significant because what does it remind you of? Children. Children playing. Can children play? No, because this brutal shit is going down right now, you know? And it just reinforces the the overall threat once again to the civilians, the residents who were actually caught in the middle of, of this 
literal slaughter. I mean, Mama Plus, takes out a whole floor. I say I was just going to bring up in the mini gunning scene. Yeah, who are the only people that die? All of the residents. Innocents. Yeah, yeah. Neither of the judges or Avon Barksdale or right. obviously none of Mama's gang. Right. Not are until shot. the shooting stops. Then no, <laughs> they bring out like three mini guns and just decimate an entire side of this fucking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I would like to emphasize once again three miniguns. Yes, that they bring out. Not one, which would have been, you know, you would think would have been devastating enough, but uh-huh. no, they decide to take out the entire side of that building. And, and they just, give us exactly what we wanted with Mama jumping on a fucking gun too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And again, it's just that little I don't even want to say attention to detail with that. That's just the I think that falls under the this is rad portion. Yeah. Because it's also, all right, we have all these deep themes and everything else going on, but we're still making entertainment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for her to be the leader of the clan and not want to get a piece of that herself mm-hmm. and get behind, because she gets behind the middle gun. Yeah, I'm going to straighten, you know. She knows they'll take care of that, but no, she, yeah. she wants her time on that trigger. You Hell know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, the. I mean... It's just such a... And then two judges fall out of the sky into a skate park (laughs) and immediately pull guns on children who are freezing cold. Well, I mean... But it's important because that's where they're allowed to call backup. Well, not only that, but it also shows that um, they have not been pushed so far that they're killing everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, and it also not yet because Judge yeah, not hasn't yet. made his announcement. <laughs> right, right. He exactly. announces murder. <laughs> he says, "If you're helping Mama, then you're an accessory, <laughs> and you're going to be treated as such." <laughs> what he essentially says is, "If I see you, I'm going to kill you." <laughs> and everyone has accepted that. Right, right. But so those kids being outside when they find them. It's also another, um, uh, again, acknowledgement of how the script leaves no loose end in anything that they they bring up. Because the building goes on lockdown and you see those kids get trapped outside. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you forget about them because all of the mayhem that's happening, right? It's the same thing with the hobo who's uh, uh, nuzzled in the crack of the door Mm -hmm. and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> and Dredd is like, I warned you. That's yeah. it. Get up. And the guy doesn't get up. And <laughs> and the door just crushes him. You yeah, know? He gets smushed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not the way uh you would normally bookend a plot point, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. It certainly helped uh keep the story moving along. They, they zigged where others may have zagged, but <laughs> yeah. uh... <laughs> Bold filmmaking choice. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to just kill a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, and it, the guy was doing nothing, just sitting there. That's just the world they live in. Oh, well, that's kind of a... Because Dredd doesn't respond at all. Yeah. I mean, they just see, oh, Anderson gets, yeah. you know, is, is surprised. She's visually disturbed by watching a man turn into jelly. <laughs> And Dredd couldn't give a fuck. Exactly. Oh, man. And then Mama He looked like he was just waiting for a sandwich at a deli. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, man. So, so anyway, so, so, uh, Mama, they get to, she's locked down the building. There's some back and forth. 
The judges know they're on their own, but they've got their uh, perp with them. And then um, Anderson gets captured. Yep. Right? So there's this moment where they get separated. And that's the moment where uh, Dredd sets, what, ten guys on fire? Oh, with the when, when he phosphorus. rains fire from the heavens? Yes. 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 Dredd makes his own announcement and uh, cleverly... Uh, rigs the PA system so they think he's at one when he's really yeah. at another. And he hangs a man's body up as bait. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that they're going to shoot and kill this guy. <laughs> he's just like, okay, here's another guy for you to kill. You know. So, uh... <laughs> so he's it's, already judged. Dude, and it's the everything that I want to see in the movie. In a movie, it's the it's a trap moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and exactly. And he walks into frame from a, like a level or two above them. Mm-hmm. I forget what he says to his magical gun that he has. Incendiary. Oh, yes, it is incendiary. Yes. Yeah. And then shoots essentially what looks like a firework. Yeah. At them. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it starts incredible. in one. It's almost like the Jericho, if you knew the Iron Man movie, where the missile flies out and then separates into all of these others. But it's not a missile that he fires. It's a ball of white phosphorus that just leaves this glorious trail and burns up everything it's insane it's insane and he watches again the flames are reflected in his visor as he watches them burn with his frown on his face (laughs) it's so good so one of the things that i also really really like is if we're talking about attention to detail too is uh when they know that there are more judges outside mama says no, just shoot him a bunch of times. And grabs Avon Barksdale and explicitly tells him, that means no rape, no torture, right. none of that shit. Just shoot him. Do you right. hear me? Says, yeah. And she says, do you fucking hear me? Because <laughs> right. she's already mad at him about having been captured. Because right. she tells him, like, if I hadn't lost so many people today, you would be dead right now, but I need everyone I can get. Yeah. Yeah. So just do ruthless. what I fucking tell you. Don't rape or murder. The, just shoot them a bunch. Make it mm-hmm. make it look like a drug deal gone bad. We'll we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, tactically, it shows why she's <laughs> but, the boss. But he doesn't get a chance to rape or murder her. Yeah. Uh huh. Which of course Man, frustrates him. What a fucking scene. Poor guy. Poor gang. Not being able to just. She spin kicks him in the face and it rules. It's so awesome, dude. So awesome. Again, it's they're not only telling just like a cool insular story, but they give us everything that we wanted to see. Oh man, as she's escaping, she suddenly is like elbow smashing two or three guys, grabs one guy's gun and blows his face off. I mean, over like three or four rounds going through this guy's head, his face sequentially blows off. But before that, like, oh, we've seen a lot of gunplay, but we haven't seen any martial arts. Have her spin kick a dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do that. (laughs) Well, it emphasizes once again that she may, may have been naive, but she was not uh frail yes you know she was capable and when she decided to actually use her training and become that capable person that training was there to back her up so she could spin somebody (laughs) spin kick somebody and knock them (laughs) i mean that's so awesome brad yeah can we talk about the best part of this movie go the throat crushing Oh, yeah. Man, 
Choke on that. So, <laughs> Dredd is hand-to-hand fighting with another uh, judge that has shown up who's on the take. He's well, there yeah. to get rid of Dredd. Yeah, so let's introduce that bit real quick. Mama's losing people left and right. They know that um, Dredd is... is uh, serious, an unstoppable killing machine. So they call nine one one, and nine one one is four dirty judges who are on the take, who are for hire, and they're they're paid a million dollars to kill Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they get into a hand to hand scuffle out of after an argument that that judge could have easily gotten out of because the mm. prompt is, "You said I called. Why didn't you say there were two of us?" Yeah. The other judge judge could have just said, like, oh, sorry, man, I misspoke. Oh, yeah. And that would Where have been an easy out, but instead he screams into his fucking... Yeah. Lewis, come here, help me! Yeah. And then, they, of course, they so get into... they get into a hand-to-hand scuffle. The yeah. other judge is choking Dredd. And Dredd gets the upper hand and absolutely crushes his throat <laughs> and delivers the best line in all of cinema history. Yeah. Choke on Choke that. On that. Yeah. Which okay, we had a long discussion. <laughs> Imagine that is regardless of what you have done. Yeah. Nobody deserves that death. <laughs> to have your throat crushed with a karate chop, like literally dented in. Yes. It's not just crushed. It's full on dented in. Like you can see the yeah, the divot his throat is concave. <laughs> and he's just standing and there. As that happens, and the shock of what has just happened to you is so suddenly setting in that you are going to die, uh-huh. the words you hear before you die are, choke on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And it's because... The irony cannot be lost upon you in yeah. your dying moment. Yeah. and It's amazing. Well, and because your throat is tr- crushed, you can't reply you can't do anything you can just sit there and go you bastard (laughs) (laughs) inwardly (laughs) knowing that you've been punked on your on your way out the door yeah like just as a if you're watching a movie you might be like oh man that's what they throw in a stupid one-liner well that's why because it is the most devastating thing you could hear right before you're dying from your caved in throat is choke on that well, I'm, mm. as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm recalling the fight sequence itself, and the reason Dredd says that line is because there's a moment fairly early in the fight where this guy has jumped on him and has pushed him into a uh, a wall or a door or something, yeah. and is choking him. Yeah, and he literally says, "Yeah, choke on it, Dredd." Yeah, and then Dredd shoots him in the foot. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the guy's like, "Ow!" Oh, and Dredd the grabs him by the back of, of the helmet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. And Dredd grabs him by the back of the head to yank back the chin and expose the throat, making sure everybody knows <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and then he uses... he reverse roadhouses him. <laughs> <laughs> he pistol whips him in the fucking throat. throat. Oh man. So you notice the dent is the size of the pistol grip of the lawgiver. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's that intention to detail that I admire. <laughs> oh. 
such a great movie. Mm. So then Dredd is suddenly aware, of course, that now there are dirty judges who are out there and hunting them. Uh-huh. So not only does he have to get back to Judge Anderson, hopefully she's still alive, but now also he's got to figure out who's the good guy, who's the bad guy amongst the judges. And he, of course, true to form, just assumes they're all bad guys. Like he should. And then there's the great shootouts. And uh, Anderson is free by this point, and she runs into one of the dirty judges. I was just going to say, can we talk about the Indiana Jones moment? Which one is that? The Where she runs, the Anderson runs into the other judge. Mm. Because the other judge said something about, you know, like, I'll find her, uh, I'll raise my gun or something, and she'll hesitate, I'll shoot her. Because she knows she's a rookie. But she clearly didn't read the dossier that says she's a mutant. (laughs) So before anything can happen, Anderson just (laughs) shoots her fucking dead. Yeah. Uh It's the Indiana Jones with the sword gun moment. Uh, Yeah. It is the most anticlimactic moment. Except there wasn't a group of people to cheer. Yeah. It's they run into each other in this hallway, and the judge thinks that she has the drop on Anderson, but Anderson just uses her mutant powers, just murders her dead, just completely anticlimactically. Never. And, uh, boom, we move on. And Cut. N- <laughs> notice, she never says a word either. She just nope. uses her psychic ability, and, and the other judge is like, Rookie, drop your gun! And she's just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say anything, puts three rounds in her chest, drops her, you know. Uh... So you see her her progression. She's no more naive girl. You know, she's just, she's uh, full on um, assuming the mantle of judge at that point. Well, I would see it more as her being in survival mode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah. uh, all right, we should probably step on the gas here. Yeah, okay. Mama's death. She attaches a biometric meter, uh-huh. a, a reader, I'm sorry, Yeah. that's connected to her heartbeat mm-hmm. in these explosives. Mm-hmm. It is a situation we have seen hundreds of times. It is yeah. a fucking James Bond moment. Death switch, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do it so well that, I again, there are so many things that you could say about this movie that, man, that's dumb, but they mm-hmm. do it so goddamn well that I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But, again... Judge Dredd and his um, straight cut to the chase solutions. Mama tells him, if my heartbeat stops, everything goes off. Yeah, it'll destroy uh, the 50 floors above us. Yeah. And that'll destroy everything else. Yeah. And he just goes... So you're in a pickle, Dredd. (laughs) Yes. uh Uh-huh. Put your gun down. And (laughs) how's that Dredd going to get out of this one? (laughs) My God, had they done a fucking... (laughs) All he does, the beauty of it is, is all he does is drop his pistol about two inches. Yep. And then he just shoots her in the gut. Yeah, just right in the liver. Yeah, uh uh-huh. You'll live. Your heart will keep beating, Uh you know. Even if ultimately you bleed to death, there's still plenty of time for me to do my thing. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So, uh, brings her over to the window, shoots her up with slow-mo. Right, delivers her. I I love his reasoning is that, uh, well, let's see how far that signal connects. Do you think it'll go through 100 layers of concrete? Yeah. 200? What's the distance on that? Yeah. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. And then... uh, (laughs) Which is a real fucking gamble on his part. Well, I was thinking about this because on one hand, it's a good observation that um, 
if the signal is activated and we see that she literally plugs this electronic device into her wrist yes like it it pierces her skin to monitor her it's not like a a freaking iphone fit you know or anything like that uh it's actually in her skin so um the trick of course is her heartbeat ending now if that thing is switched on like you pointed out it should be that if the signal disconnects then boom that would read as heartbeat as the heartbeat stop right but if it was simply rigged to the heartbeat stopping then that's a separate signal that it would send like because you see the device after she's hit the ground and gone splat uh you see it go from the blue to the flashing red indicating heart stop right well, i thought that was like a signal loss because nothing well, blew like up because heart was... stop signal goes out right but that's that's that one so um so in other words it was simply programmed to be like uh instead of just an a or b it was programmed specifically for that heart stop signal so the disconnect of, of distance. Oh, that's fair because if you walk away from your doomsday device to take a piss, you don't want to accidentally blow yourself. Yeah, up. exactly. All right, yeah. Something like that. Um, I was going to microwave a hot dog and fifty fucking <laughs> well, levels of this building exploded. Yeah, because well, you know, I think about technology and um, the way that they've established this world. For some reason, in my head. Uh, a lot of stuff seems like it would be very sort of makeshift, you know? And again, while I think you're absolutely correct that the most simplistic thing would be if the signal, if you lose any yeah. part of the signal, boom, off it goes. But then again, I could kind of see someone be like, okay, heart stops. Okay, here's your, here's your device system set up. It's done. You know, don't kill me, please. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. And it'll only go off if your heart stops. Okay, all right, good. That's it, you know. Mama's death is fucking fantastic, though. It's so beautiful. The way that it is filmed (laughs) is goddamn incredible. Because it gives us this completely apathetic to violence, or I guess really anything else around her, flowing downward towards her death in a hail of shrapnel mm. because she was thrown out a window broken glass yeah. yes yeah and the smile on her face is again it harkens back to well what was accomplished none mm. of that mattered she didn't give a fuck about death it's not like she did anything to really even try and avoid dying and she looked rather happy about it she was a true fallen angel Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you right out the door. She's so beautiful. The way she embraces her last few moments. I mean, I love the bit how uh, the judge is like, okay, you've been sentenced, you're going to die. You know, do you, mm-hmm. do you have anything to say? And he, he has already hit the pump on the slow-mo, so the smoke is at her mouth. Yep. Okay? And... All she does is inhale, and he goes, defense noted. 
and then chucks her out the window, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what a badass way to go. And as she falls, we do see the smoke coming out of her mouth as well. Yeah. At, well, at the very beginning, until uh, logically all the smoke would have been out of her lungs, and it's her falling in a hail of broken glass. Right. To Right before she hits the ground, since she is in slow-mo, she has the uh, uh, mind to kind of turn her head yeah like uh-huh. it's that human reaction of like if you're going to get yeah. hit the yeah like this is oh gonna shit hurt. yeah mm-hmm. and splat mm-hmm. yeah yeah and once again the way the sequence is put together they take a character who is terrifyingly the, horrific the least sympathetic person you could possibly make and they make her angelic at the end. They make her embracing her own death a beautiful moment Yep. for this lady. She goes out like a rock star. You know, all that glittering glass around her, all the smoke, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's lit like a Christmas tree just like she wanted to be. Good for her. And Man. Dr- and Dred's reaction is... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just says, yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so goddamn good. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Oh, pretty much. So great. They, I think they should have rolled credits at that point, but it shows Anderson uh, throw her badge into Dredd's hand and say, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. See, the CEO well, comes up and says, did she pass or fail? He says, she passed. She passed. And then they both just walk away. Yeah. Nobody has any questions about what happened for either of these officers. Man, okay, you tied up all your loose ends, right? Sure. Uh, very neat, succinct story. You know who your characters are. You know the world that they live in. What more do you have to say? So they give... Uh, him uh, an outro narrative to yes. some rocking ass guitar. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's just life in the city, mega city. Man, it fucking rules. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. You could not for a, a piece of entertainment. You could not ask for more in terms of the genre. It delivers across the board in yeah. terms of the writing, the action sequences. I mean. Some of them may be a little too violent for sensitive tastes, but... This is a very violent film. <laughs> yes, it's a very violent, but the violence All that the you... gore is very over the top, too. None yeah. of it is... I mean, barely any of it is, like, realistic gore to where you look at it and go, Ugh, fuck! It's all blown out to a proportion, and it's lit in such a way that it's... It's yeah. almost cartoonish. It's comic booky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, within the context of this extreme world that, that um, we're seeing depicted, it only reinforces how desperate some of these, some of these poor civilians must be, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when those three bodies drop, they emphasize, here's a mom with her baby pushing along in a stroller, and suddenly splat, splat, and she looks up, and if she doesn't hustle three more steps, that body's going to hit her. Uh-huh. You know? You're just like, how do you raise a children in that, any kid in that world? You know? I, amazing. And yet, you know, the, that is what it is. So, great movie. Awesome movie. Couldn't ask for more. No. 
I, I got I got nothing left to say about Dread. God damn it, it's Me good. Either. Awesome. And, uh, dude, you know, once again, thanks for hosting, man. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm doing a new um, series on YouTube of um, reviews of classic movies called Before Movies Sucked. And it's uh, basically emphasizing that... Um, uh, in this day of superheroes and remakes and sequels and um, very hard to find original content, particularly coming out of Hollywood, there was a time when Hollywood actually made some good movies. And yeah, here it, they are. I've noticed that your focus is a lot on, uh, they really did this instead of, oh, it was CGI'd and we can tell. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of practical effects. I don't know if you know this, but uh, for... Some of the time that um, I was out in California, I was um, getting gigs doing stunt work and things like that. So um, my friend Nick Planico, God bless him, um, would bring me out on shoots all the time. We worked together quite a bit. And this was a guy who um, was very knowledgeable very experienced and uh his forte was car crashes and things like that so we just yeah uh uh-huh i mean the guy set me on fire probably three times three separate occasions you know i'm in you know the band hollywood undead uh not really well i'm in yeah okay i'm in one of their videos being set on fire yeah sweet so um so yeah, Nick Planico, beautiful guy, and uh, one of the things that we always talked about was the types of movies that we would be making, and the guarantee was that it would be practical effects. You know, if we were doing CGI at all, it would simply be to add accents to whatever we were actually doing. But I mean, uh, in terms of blowing things up or doing car crashes or guns or any of that stuff, we were ready to go, you know. So, so whenever I see this stuff, you know, and especially (laughs) like uh, a good accented CGI effect is joke on that, Mm -hmm. where you actually see the divot of the gun (laughs) in the guy's throat. That's, oh, God bless him. You know, they knew where to spend their money. What a bunch of heroes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, that's, that's, um... It's called Before Movies Sucked. It's on YouTube. And uh, I'm also um, working on a few things here and there that hopefully starting in January I'll be able to uh, actually manifest. And um, I'll get into that as it, as it becomes real. So, bitchin'. <laughs> what about you? What else you got coming up? Uh, stuff. Something about a calendar. Yeah, we got calendars coming. You have calendars coming. Hooray. It's yeah. official. Again. We, we did it. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Pictures have been selected for the individual months. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Are you a fucking reporter now? Dude, I'm, I'm helping you sling your merch, man. <laughs> what are you, a fucking cop? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. we're, we're around. Uh, if, you, if you're hearing this, you're, you're doing all that we really need you to do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so <laughs> on look, my end, anyway. Yeah, so look up our stuff, because there's always more stuff that's out there. So. Oh, yeah, I, I wrote a, 
uh, Jeopardy style movie quiz game that I'm trying to, trying to get made, uh, some contestants for. Excellent. All right. Cool. It's real stupid. Is it? Oh, yeah. Perfect. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Is it's it all... going to go into the horror vomit uh, thing or is it a separate uh, show? Oh, no, it's just a one-off. Dude, it took me like three and a half hours one night. I'm not writing another game. (laughs) Excellent. Well, I admire your commitment to your craft. (laughs) Yeah, I I did it once. It's fine. (laughs) But, all right, let's be done with this. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.